1: Hey, everyone. It's Travis, the host of the show you're listening to right now. It's time to talk to you about hosting your own podcast with our distributor, Blue Wire Pods. And there's no better place to host than Blue Wire Hustle. Hustle was created to give everybody the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks and on top of that we'll help you get your show pushed out to apple spotify google stitcher and all other listening platforms and the best part is you can get all this for only 15 dollars a month the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup so if you're ready to do more than just listening to me or us here on Roadviz Radio talk about your favorite team, then make your voice heard in Hustle. Acceptance in the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. Check out the description box in this episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join.
0: The home of professional football. Canton, Ohio.
1: Hello and welcome to another College to Canton podcast, the perfect show for any and every college football and NFL fan. I'm your host, Travis May, and if you're joining us for the first time, College to Canton is a show where we talk about everything from college football recruiting to in-season college and NFL breakdowns to NFL draft coverage all the way to discussions as to who should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We always talk some fantasy football since this is a Rotoviz Radio podcast, but we always make sure to dive into some real college football and NFL analysis too. And I'm joined today by a very special guest and friend, Matt McCoy. You can find him on Twitter at MattMcCoyNFL. Uh, He's actually a podcast host with Fantasy Team Advice. You may have checked out his stuff there before. He's the Devi team lead for Dynasty Nerds and lead draft analyst with Ball Blast Football. And since he is a Devi mind, we're actually going to be focusing on that format a little bit, talking about some players that are still in college but should make it to the pros. And so we're going to be drafting essentially the future of The NFL because I mean we've been talking about these rookies non-stop this year there's still we got you know less than two weeks to go in pro day season we'll get back to that but I do want to take a break and focus on some college players once again we kind of dove into some names back in uh, early February with uh, with Matt and Stefan but I think it's more fun when we kind of draft things together so we're going to take it two rounds here I'm going to be drafting the 2022 rookies that are draft eligible for next year and doing a top 14 there, going back and forth, essentially what would be a first round of a 14-team fantasy league there. And then after that, we're going to be drafting the 2023 rookies. That sounds like it's like a fake year, like it's super far away. But the truth is, that's, I mean, the draft for 2023 is just two years away. And so just planning ahead, looking ahead, talking about some of the best players returning to college football here with my buddy Matt. But Matt, how you doing, man?
2: man i am doing phenomenal this morning man i appreciate you having me on travis and uh gotta say i'm excited to talk some Devi. i uh take that opportunity anytime that i can i feel like uh debbie is trending upwards man the Devi community is on fire right now we have an amazing class come up in 2021 for dynasty leagues and uh, those purposes but really the, uh, the, the margin, Debbie, never stops. And we talk about this offline a lot. We're constantly analyzing, looking at new classes, tinkering with our rankings. So excited to dive in. The 2022 class and 2023 class have its own merit in different regards. So I'm excited to talk about it here and do a little mock draft action. I'm always down to mock draft.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like uh, most of the things that you were doing early on, uh, with your podcast. I mean, you were jumping right in and just doing the NFL mock draft stuff for, for, you know, really the 2021 NFL draft. And I was in a few of those with you and the guests that I had on last week, Matt Hicks. And that's always a blast. And for guests who aren't familiar with the format, who just kind of found the show for the first time, uh, we, we throw around words like Debbie, like they're just normal things that humans say. But uh, the Debbie format uh, for fantasy football is essentially it's developmental where you can roster players on your teams before they're even in in the NFL. So, you know, as soon as these players get to college, uh, even incoming freshmen, we're not going to talk about those guys today, but you can actually roster them on your team and see them develop throughout college and then automatically get them on your team. So you don't have to wait to, you know, for all the hype train to rise on a Javante Williams and then you miss out and, and, and miss out on one of your favorite players. You can make sure that he's on your team years. In advance, So we're just going to give you some names to, to potentially target in uh, Debbie Dev- leagues or even just players to kind of start working head on to get uh, one step ahead of your league mates for 2022 and 2023. And so uh, we are nerds here, love some college football, but uh, I, I am curious to see who is going to go early and given some of the injuries, even uh, where some other players are going to go today in this draft but Matt you you are my guest so we're just going to dive right in and get get to drafting so uh, imagine Matt this is a super flex format meaning you can start two quarterbacks if you want to if you really like to lose you don't have to do that but uh but yeah so we'll go off and and act like this is a super flex fantasy football format and even tied in premium just to mix things up I don't think we're going to get that far but first round essentially of the 2022 rookies uh separate from the 2023 guys here kicking out, kicking it off here. So first pick, you're on the clock, Matt. Uh, what is your pick?
2: So for me, in the super flex format, this is going to boil down to uh, what type of quarterback you like. For me, this comes down to Sam Howe out of North Carolina or Spencer Rattler out of Oklahoma. We recently had our podcast last Thursday breaking down the uh, quarterback rankings in Debbie We talked about these guys in in pretty great detail. For me, Sam Howe has a significantly higher floor, whereas I feel like Spencer Rattler has a significantly higher ceiling. Uh, So for me, this top of the draft, I tend to draft for ceiling. I'm going to go with a guy a lot of people wouldn't. I'm taking Spencer Rattler, number one overall for me out of Oklahoma. I feel like he gives me the most possibilities moving forward. So give me Spencer Rattler at the 101.
1: Nice. So Spencer Rattler, Oklahoma, uh, you know, he was a former top end, uh, top, like overall number one recruit in his class, top tier quarterback. I mean, even in high school, I don't know, Matt, if you ever watched the the Netflix QB1 show, yeah. but uh, Spencer Rattler was one of the easiest guys to just absolutely dislike yeah. <laughs> watching that back then. Yeah. And uh, so it, it was hard for me to to get behind Rattler just uh, af- after seeing how just completely unlikable the dude is. but you <laughs> yeah. know maybe he's grown up you know given give some some breaks here maybe he's grown up since he was on that show, probably thought he was hot stuff, getting on his own documentary uh, but yeah exactly. he was a, he was an incredible uh, incredibly efficient passer this past season posting 90th percentile plus efficiency numbers uh, in, in many several uh, in many different ways and really posting some mobility at uh, some key moments. When he had to, he's not, you know, he's not like a uh, uh, Jalen Hurts, like with what they saw just the year prior. Uh, he's not going to put up a thousand yards on the ground like a Lamar Jackson. But man, the ceiling is there and all the weapons that he has returning this year. And when you compare what Oklahoma has returning versus any other team in the Big 12 this year, you might as well just give the title, the Big 12 title to Oklahoma because they're just absolutely stacked across the board and what's returning. Yeah. They're missing a few couple, you know, a couple pieces, Charleston Rambo left to go to Miami, but he was not even going to be the focal point of the passing attack anyway. So, yeah. you know, Spencer and, Rattler, and
2: if I may, if yeah. I may, Travis, just a, that was part of the decision-making process. You framed it very well. The, the weapons returning for Oklahoma, the offensive system, the Oklahoma runs. And also, when I'm splitting hairs is what, what I'm doing here. I love Sam Howe as well, but the fact that he's you know he's going to be losing Javante Williams and Michael Carter and Deami Brown and Daz Newsome, there's more question marks at North Carolina for me than at Oklahoma. So again, if somebody chose Sam Howe one on one overall, you'll get no gripes from me. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to give a slight edge to uh, Spencer Rattler.
1: Yeah, and, and it is going to be tough, but that is going to be my pick. I'm not going to try to throw any curveballs here. Uh, in the second pick here. So first pick, Spencer Rattler for 2022, and Sam Howell. I'm I'm thinking really, realistically, these two guys are going to be the first and second overall picks in the real NFL draft, not just fantasy football drafts next year, because those guys have kind of ascended above and beyond everybody else. Sam Howell, I love like you, you're you're mentioning of him having a super safe floor. When you look at his passing profile and and what he's done in his first two seasons for North Carolina. like I think a lot of people coming in, they were comparing him to Baker Mayfield when he came into college, and he's on a better, faster track in terms of passing efficiency and volume and touchdown percentage and a whole bunch of stuff that we saw Baker do in his first two years. And it took Baker like three years to really garner any significant NFL draft hype. And Sam Howell's already had it for over a year. And so I think when you look at a guy who's got 68 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, you know posting another above the 90th percentile adjusted yards per pass attempt season uh, over the past five years, like just killing it uh, analytically speaking. And he's not, you know, he's not gonna win you any games with his legs either. But I think he showed more mobility this past season than we give him credit for as well. So, Sam Howell, second pick, North Carolina, it is gonna be a lot to replace. Uh, with uh, losing Diami Brown, losing Daz Newsom, losing Javante Williams, and Michael Carter, he does return. Uh, I think like seventy-fifth year veteran uh, Bo Corrales. <laughs> I think he's he's coming back for uh, either fifth or sixth season of eligibility. You know, just because of the pandemic there, uh, and so that's really the only vet he has. He's going to be getting a new uh, Javante Williams clone in Kamaro Edmonds, who's a freshman. Uh, Ty Chandler transferred over from Tennessee. Uh, running back to be the Michael Carter and then you got Diane Brown's little brother Caffrey Brown who should be getting more targets and Josh Downs is going to be the new slot so new faces galore you know that he's going to be messing with I mean the, the bowl game uh, you you kind of got a preview a preview of what it could look like when they were missing the running backs and missing uh, Diami, but but yeah it's, it's going to be tougher this year for him but Sam Howell just what he's done so far If he takes one more step in his development, I don't think it's really going to be a problem that he has perhaps lesser developed weapons to deal with. But heading back over to you, pick three of the 2022 guys that are eligible next year. Uh, Who's your pick here?
2: Again, given it's a super flex format, I would want to go quarterback here, but uh, I think you framed it very well. I think there's a chasm between top two guys to the rest of this class. Uh, I'm going to go with safety, Uh, of Brees Hall out of Iowa State just a stud running back I feel like he's a tier above the rest of the individuals in the class for me Uh, so even though I would prefer to go quarterback uh, I like the safety here of Hall so he'll be 103 for me yeah you know
1: Brees was incredible right I mean I I was really pessimistic coming into the season I was like man Iowa State they're 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 basically completely rebuilding their offensive line we saw Brock Purdy regress uh, I'm not sure he's going to improve that efficiency that we really need him to improve upon to uh, you know prove himself as a feature back in the NFL. And man, he just he shut everybody up. He dominated against an all, basically all Big 12 schedule, and uh, that might not, might not mean much most years, but he he got more efficient uh, as a runner and uh, even as a receiver. So his yards for touch he almost improved by like 30% uh, year over year, I believe, and so. That was not, I did not see that coming. And so I'm really, really pumped to see what he could be. Uh, he looks like he is better than his predecessor in David Montgomery. Uh, if, if you had to choose between those two and, and projecting their NFL, NFL futures, who would you prefer?
2: Oh, it's definitely Hall for me. Um, I, you know, I've never been a big David Montgomery guy. I've never been. Uh, I don't see many special traits when it comes to Montgomery. I feel like last year, he benefited from a very soft schedule and a ton of volume at the end of the season. He produced as yeah. a, as a fancy player, but I mean, anybody given that kind of volume and that kind of role is going to produce. So when you talk about traits and special abilities, it's Brees Hall and it's Brees Hall by a mile.
1: I actually, I mean, I, I have Brees Hall ranked way up there. I think he's a top five over overall pick and Debbie for me, uh, especially just because the, the land, landscape of the running back position, especially in the 2022 class, it's not especially deep. So, Uh, Really looking forward to seeing what happens with him because if he's not good, I'm not sure who's going to be in the 2022 running back class. But going back to my pick here, pick number four, uh, I'm going to actually shift things over to the wide receiver position and uh, maybe it looks like a homer Homer pick with David Bell, wide receiver out of Purdue, but it's not, I promise you. Uh, I mean, I I could go a couple of different directions here with wide receiver, uh, but David Bell, all he's done and in, in terms of uh, producing he's just dominated at every level uh, he he's actually from a high school that uh, my high school would have played and once we got to like the semi-state and state levels uh, back in high school and he was I mean he was killing it I think he had like 80 plus receptions in his final season just setting records for his high school uh, and came into Purdue uh, and immediately uh, dominated there too I think a lot of people thought you know hey He's only producing because, you know, Ron, Rondale Moore was out or whatever. But he, again, came back and produced again, uh, even when Rondale was on the field some. So David Bell, Purdue wide receiver, he is uh, a lot of fun. He's more of a perimeter guy. I mean, a lot of people, you know, I think they were confused when they were trying to say it was only because Rondale was out. Because they, they play completely different games, completely different roles within the Purdue offense. Because Rondale's like, basically a slot only and David Bell is almost like only perimeter only, and his average depth of target is like three three times as deep down the field. So David Bell, it's easy to scout like the helmet and just say, oh, you know, people are just getting excited because we just saw Rondell Moore. But man, David Bell is the real deal, scoring eight touchdowns in, in like six games last year. Uh, he, he's dominated at every turn with really, really horrible quarterback play. Uh, so it may seem like a reach to go with David Bell at the wide receiver one. But I think given uh, a recent injury to one guy that we might get to here shortly, uh, he's moved into the wide receiver one slot for me. What do you think about that pick?
2: He was number one at the top of my queue. I was going there next with David Bell. So uh, you sniped me early on, Travis. Kudos to you. But yeah, I like him. I have mean, he's a special player. Uh, you know me, I don't do helmet scouting. They're, they're different players, and I think David Bell warrants the number one overall at the wide receiver position um, regardless of class. I think he's the number one wide receiver in all of Debbie in my opinion.
1: It's funny. like We want the, like all these uh, perfect five-star pedigree guys to work out and be the wide receiver one overall, and that but that's just not how it goes all the time. Uh, there, there might be a, one of those guys that comes up here shortly and gets selected, but David Bell has risen Uh, And it is going to continue to rise. And it looks like just a lock for top 50 capital, if not already a lock for first round capital in 2022. But back over to you. Let's keep it rolling. Pick number five.
2: Yeah, you hinted at it a minute ago. This would be the slot for George Pickens. For me, uh, that injury is a bit concerning. So he's going to slide a little bit here at this juncture. Just it's uh, again, you're splitting hairs. The guy has an injury. We have to figure out how he comes back from it. This class is deep enough. I can go another position here. So I'm going to take a wide receiver. I'm going to go with Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State. It's just a a safety factor for me. I'm drafting here at 105. I feel like I know where I'm getting. And Garrett Wilson, a very solid producer. Um, Just very well, highly thought of for a very long time. So, I just think it's a very stable pick here. So 105, Garrett Wilson off the board.
1: Yeah, and speaking of pedigree guys, like he was the consensus wide, at least wide receiver two in uh, the class by basically all the recruiting services. I think Jaden Hazelwood may, may have been the only uh, wide receiver that was rated over him in his recruiting class. He comes in, kind of has a, you know, he, he does something for Ohio State, but he, he didn't dominate in his first season. But man, he he went off this past year alongside Chris Olave and looks a lot look like looks like he's a lot of fun. And I, I don't understand uh, some people don't see the upside with him. But they're like, "Oh, he's, you know, he's only going to be like a wide receiver two or whatever." Like the dude actually had really solid athleticism coming out of high school. Uh, he's he can leap through the roof. I mean, a few of his highlight plays, he's like jumping up and he's like his kneecaps at somebody's face. He's got some athleticism going for him. And he's in a, in a situation that they're going to funnel targets to only him and only Chris Alave. Uh, so he's going to get lots of reps uh, to improve upon his game heading into 2022. Uh, I think he's he and Olave are both going to be pretty high picks next year. I, I like the upside with Garrett Wilson just fine. I mean, he's, he's a high pedigree, five-star type athlete and player. So to say that he doesn't have upside, I feel like just really just Smacks him in the face and says, you know what, your pedigree and your background and the fact that you're dominating at basically one of the best programs in the country that's stacked at wide receiver every single year doesn't matter. And that's just not fair, in my opinion, when assessing one Garrett Wilson. So I like that pick. Definitely like that pick. That was actually probably going to be my pick. Had you not gone that direction, so I'm glad we're we're sniping each other back and forth here. But I'm actually going to keep it with the G names and actually go back to the guy that you mentioned, George Pickens. Uh, so this may seem like like what in the world are you doing, Travis? George Pickens just tore his ACL; his career's over. But that's obviously not the case anymore. I mean, we see guys come back pretty quickly. I mean, just last year, well, it was what Amari Rogers? No, sorry, it was the year before last. Amari Rodgers came back like he was already practicing. Like six months after his ACL surgery, so ACLs aren't aren't what they used to be. I mean, George Pickens, timeline wise, could be pretty much ready to go just near bowl season. Uh, we don't really know, so who knows what's going to happen with this fall? He probably isn't going to be playing this fall uh, af- after his ACL surgery and everything. But ideally, I think for him, he he might just not go back to Georgia at all. Like we could look and see, you know, he wants to prove himself a little bit more. And uh, you know, for uh, the fall of 2022, but he could just say, "Look, um, I know I've got a lot of hype. This uh, class is not super deep at wide receiver. I'm going to get healthy for my pro day next spring, and get, or at least at least that, if not the combine next spring, and uh, put my hat in the 2022 NFL draft. I could see that happening. What are your thoughts on Pickens, and do you think that's possible?"
2: Absolutely. I mean, at some level, you, you got to listen to what the league is suggesting and they'll tell you kind of their evaluation if, if you're testing well. You know, I, I don't think you take this past year, for example. Now, this was COVID-related and, you know, it's a different animal. But the guys who opted out, I don't think it hurt their draft stock. I think that the fact that they're testing as well as they are, teams kind of know what they what they are going into it. We know what George Pickens is. I mean, he profiles as an alpha receiver. Uh, he's shown enough talent. Ideally, would you like to see more? Sure, you like to see more development in in 2021. He's got an injury. Um, at this point, as long as he comes back fully healthy, tests well, he's a first round draft pick. So I I don't see why you would go back for one more year and and risk re injury or risk another injury. Uh, then you could really see your draft stock tumble. So I, I would if if I'm in his camp, I'm telling him, hey, get healthy this test well and then let's head on to the league
1: yep i love that call i, th- I think that's probably going to be what ha- what happens he probably participates hopefully in the nfl combine process but at the very least in his pro day next year and just goes for it uh, and i think had we been coming off had we not been coming off a pandemic season he would have probably been worried about oh my draft stock is gonna plummet you know if i miss a year or whatever but like you said we just saw that, that happen people took off a whole year and they're still gonna get drafted plenty high so somebody with his kind of hype and an upside at 64 200 plus and uh, being dominant very dominant on a, a decent on a decent albeit you know more normally run first offense for Georgia and I don't really like it when people just blanket statement oh George Pickens had a down year last year no he didn't like no he did not uh, he started off slow when he was uh, you know dealing with something called a Dewan Mathis and something called a Stetson Bennett throwing in the ball Uh, It was just an an anemic offense, terrible offense overall for Georgia, just completely inefficient, and they were tossing it to Kearis Jackson just hoping something would happen down the field for some reason. But George Pickens, as soon as JT Daniels took over, his yards per team pass attempt and his raw production, like any way you want to measure his production, it literally tripled. He got back to normal dominance, and was the alpha, the only guy that was essentially targeted down the stretch. So he was going to go off this fall as JT Daniels' basically only target, favorite target. So I think uh, calling his year a down year just misunderstands, the, one, the scale of the Georgia passing offense, and two, the difference between how the season started with a guy who literally averaged uh, negative adjusted yards per pass attempt uh, versus JT Daniels. So I'm, I'm really excited to see what George Pickens has to say. Uh, about his future and where he actually ends up going, because I think he's still an early NFL draft pick. So, George Pickens, but back to you at pick seven, Matt.
2: I'm going to keep the fun going at the wide receiver position here. Uh, I like Traylon Burks. Um, I think he's a very physical specimen. Now, I feel like there's a little bit more work to do, whereas we said, you know, uh, Pickens, I think we know more about him. I think Burks at 2021 is going to be a big season for him to see additional development, but... The physical stature or what he can do on a football field is truly unique. So uh, for me, 107, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep it going. to wide receiver and Traylon Burks has come off the board.
1: Okay. I love it. I love it. That that was going to be my pick. And he's so much fun. He's six foot three, yeah. 230 plus pounds. And he essentially plays like a big slot. Most of the time, like I think uh, about two thirds of his receptions came from the slot. Uh, and so he's like this as fast as a a vertical wide receiver but as big as a tight end so he just absolutely dominates whoever they want to put on him and he's got hops for days and he's allegedly got sub four or five speed that's really the case at his size Uh, NFL teams are going to be drooling over Traylon Brooks obviously his his route crispness I guess if you want to critique him too much is not really there Uh, he actually had kind of a large number of even screens which is odd uh, for a guy of his stature, uh, but taking those like little bubble screens uh, in in the slot uh, is kind of weird, but uh, you know, he he's just an odd player. Like he's got the speed to beat a small DB to the edge and he's got the size to just absolutely punch a linebacker in the mouth. So it's, it's a really fun player. Glad you took him here. That would have been my pick as well. But pick number eight is going to be another wide receiver. I know we normally like to reach for running backs in, in rookie drafts, but far as projecting the 2022 class there's there's like a top five to seven that are i think are, are worthy a top tier wide receiver so i'm going to keep it with wide receiver and go chris alave uh, the other ohio state wide receiver and i know some people wanted to knock him because like oh man he's returning to school analytically that puts him in a historical band that, that has a lower hit rate but he would have already been like a top 50 overall pick in this year's draft so I I'm not too worried analytically speaking yeah it would have been cool for 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 him to basically had a pretty pretty clean profile coming out having most every box checked uh but uh, just analytically he he kind of has a balanced yards per team pass attempt clip and touchdowns per team pass attempt clip he didn't have the peak uh dominator rating that we like to see at Rodavis like uh really high chunk of the overall receiving offense but you know he's splitting targets with other five stars including one Garrett Wilson that we've already drafted ahead of him uh, and he's a wide receiver five at this point uh, and I think that's about his floor for next year's draft just given his skill set and his ability to work down the field he always has a consistently deep eight out I know a lot of people want to Talk about him and what he does, like on drag routes or short underneath stuff, and being able to bring it, bring some yak there. But really, as a vertical threat, he's a lot of fun, and I think uh, he's only going to get better in his final season for Ohio State. What are your thoughts on Chris Olave?
2: Yeah, I'm with you. I have him and one more receiver in this tier that I I would consider. Um, A little surprised he did not come out this year. I thought he would be a top 40, you said top 50 guy. I agree 100%. Uh, very good route runner, uh, kind of a, a similar, like a junior version of Devontae Smith on some level, just a very yeah. uh, crisp, precise route runner. I liked him a lot. So again, surprised that he did not come out this year. I thought he had a chance of going round number one. Uh, but again, Ohio State should be loaded next year to skill <laughs> position players. And um, yeah. yeah, I, I think a, a safe round one, round two eval for Chris Olave. So I, I like that call there.
1: Nice. Well, it looks like we're agreeing way too much. Let's let's see if we can mix it up here <laughs> as we continue and actually find a player that we somehow disagree on. So back to you, pick number nine. And again, we're just doing the first round of like a 14-team league already eight picks in. So we've got Spencer Rattler, Oklahoma uh, quarterback, Sam Howell, quarterback, North Carolina. Uh, Reese Hall, running back, Iowa State. David Bell, wide receiver, Purdue. Garrett Wilson, wide receiver, Ohio State. George Pickens, wide receiver, Georgia. Traylon Burks, wide receiver, Arkansas. Chris Alave, wide receiver, Ohio State. Through eight, and down to the last six picks here for 2022. And then we'll get into the 2023, guys. But over to you at the pick nine.
2: Yeah, man. And again, I'm a kind of guy that goes heavy on running back. And this, this is a foreign concept for me. But I'm going to stick a wide receiver one more time. John Mechie out of Alabama is a guy I really like. Uh, I feel like he, you know, the Alabama pedigree. Uh, we've seen wide receivers come out last two years, four, in all likelihood, first round picks in the last two drafts. Mechie, I think, is going to fill those shoes and be the go to guy for Bryce Young. So I'm very excited for him to see what happens in 2021 and his development. So here, 109, I feel it's worth the pick.
1: So we actually are going to disagree here. That, that's that's All we right. finally made it. Nine picks in, and we're like, okay, we're not All sniping right. each other anymore. So, analytically speaking, I, I'm not super high on John Mechie and and what he's done uh, through two seasons. Like his peak percentage in terms of receiving yard market share and touchdown market share for Alabama is not even twenty percent. Obviously, Devontae Smith dominated everything in this past year, uh, but but Mechie, he's not really stepped up and been an absolute difference maker. Uh, week over week over week uh, he did have kind of some decent looking raw numbers because the Alabama offense was so just crazy in their pass volume this year and and what they were able to do having over 40 touchdowns like over 4,000 plus yards it's just crazy crazy season for the Alabama pass attack but I, I would I would probably this is where I branch off and and head to head back to the running back well because uh, I, I do like a couple other wide receivers for sure And not that I'm saying John Mechie can't be that dude because, I mean, his competition is a bunch of freshmen this year and uh, a not good slot wide receiver and a super unproven sophomore uh, in Javon Baker. Uh, You know, they've got this super hyped up group like Ja'Cory Brooks, uh, Jojo Earl, Aguille Hall, Christian Leary all coming in. It looks like it's going to be Slade Bolden in the slot maybe early on. Javon Baker as the kind of other outside guy for them. But really, I mean, Mechie's like the only proven option. So I get it. If he gets that funnel of targets that we've seen kind of go uh, to a wide receiver one a couple years, like uh, back when Calvin Ridley was the dude and then last year with Devontae Smith, uh, that would be fun but i think they they pass it around they distribute around and Mechie might be might be that guy who gets maybe back in day 2 capital cuz he's got that alabama bump but i think i'm just going another direction here going isaiah spiller running back texas a&m and isaiah spiller shout out to fred spiller if he's listening cuz his his dad is so funny he uh, he he follows like everybody who says good things about his son on twitter and uh, just love seeing that interaction that proud dad uh, just being so pumped uh, to see people rooting for his, his son but Isaiah Spiller uh, man, man, his first year he was super inefficient right again as well he was decent against non-SEC competition like really efficient against the bad teams but like only 3.2 yards per carry or something against SEC defenses in his first year but he really cleaned that up almost doubled that clip and especially yards per touch against an all SEC schedule uh, this past year, showing strength at like 6'1", 220 pounds. He's got that feature back skill set. Uh, he can catch the ball. As, I mean, he just has a lot of checks, a lot of boxes for me. Athletically, I'm not sure how he's going to test when it comes to combine season. But I think when you look at the running backs around him, uh, NFL teams are going to go, oh, well, there has to be some running back too, right? <laughs> and so they're going to vault him up into real top end draft capital uh discussions next year. So Isaiah Spiller dropping to the 10 slot here. I don't I don't think that that's actually going to happen when it's all said and done just cuz we love to reach for running backs and if he gets a decent landing spot, he's probably going to be much higher than this next year. But back to you over at Pick 11, Matt.
2: Yeah, I would not be surprised if Spiller's a top 5 guy uh when all is said and done. I agree with you there. Uh I'm going to go if uh, I always struggle with his pronunciation of his name, but it's it's, it's Kieran, Kyron Williams, I hear it pronounced different ways, but the the back had a Notre Dame. Um Kids got the juice. Um, I feel like he's uh the next up here at the running back position for me. Again, I don't know if he has a complete game of an Isaiah Spiller or a Brees Hall. Uh twenty twenty-one will be a big year for him as well, but uh, again. I like with juice. I think he's got it. So here, what are we are seeing at 111 here late in round number one. I think he's worth the risk.
1: I like that. uh, Kyron Williams, I, I, I was hoping, because I was going for the, the pedigree uh, of Chris Tyree uh, this past year. I actually picked up Chris Tyree because he was a true freshman coming into Notre Dame. He was the the most highly recruited running back that Notre Dame had had in several years. And I was thinking, man, I know Chris Tyree's kind of small. He was like 5'9", 180 uh, coming in. But I was like, man, he maybe maybe he could work into uh, the lead back there. But Kyron uh, Williams is like, no, 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 no. I'm I've been here a year. I've got the I've got some ability, and so he earned that role, uh, and and kind of kept it away from Chris Tyree. I think Chris Tyree could be good eventually if he, especially if you had some weight. But Kyron Williams, man, uh, was like the feature, dominant, big play threat for Notre Dame, and huge reason why they had so much success last year so I do like the pick here uh, and it really after you get past the first couple guys I mean there's so many different directions you could go at the running back position but Kyron Williams I I think the best way to say it is like you said he's he's got the juice and analytically uh, you know he might I'm not, I'm not sure how much he's going to weigh in at, so I, I want to see him maybe gain a few pounds and, and see if it, we, he can maintain some speed when he does it. Uh, and, but uh, he, what he did production-wise looks good on paper, looks good on tape. Uh, so really like Kyron Williams, Notre Dame. But I'm going to go back to the quarterback well because this is a super flex league. And so I'm going to go back to Keaton Slovis. Uh, with pick number 12, quarterback USC. Didn't have the perfect season that we wanted him to this past year. Uh, USC overall just kind of struggled and, and kind of found a way to come back in a couple spots uh, and almost lose uh, to some teams that they shouldn't have. Efficiency-wise, he had a little bit of a worse season and uh, showed some uh, poor decision-making, I guess, at times uh, for Slovis. And maybe he doesn't have the elite traits uh, that you want to see in terms of uh, deep downfield arm strength and and mobility, of many modern quarterbacks, but really a likely candidate to be a quarterback three in next year's class. So I'm going to go with Keaton Slovis, USC. What do you think about him?
2: So I'm a little lower on him than a lot of people. Um, I, I'm, I'm with you. I feel like 2020 wasn't the best season for Slovis. Um, I feel like 2020 has to be a rebound season for him. Weapons are still there. Um, I know he's losing Amon Ross, a. and Brown. But uh, there's still plenty of juice over there at USC. So i like to see him have a rebound season. And really, I am going to give him a pass. I'm giving a lot of these guys a pass for the 2020 season. Again, you know, harping back to the, the COVID situation. A lot of these guys did not get to meet as much as they would like to. Have the reps early in the spring that they would like to. 2020 was a cluster uh, for a number, a number of regards. So, yeah, I'm going to give him a pass. I think mean, 2021 is a, a big season uh, for Slovis for me. But at this point... Yeah, he should be in this range of outcomes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, going back to you, this is your last pick in the 2022 prospects. So which direction are you going here?
2: So I want to mention a couple guys here that I could go just because I feel like they deserve to at least be talked about. Justin Ross out of Clemson is a guy to keep in mind just because the guy had the pedigree, was a superstar as a freshman and then had that injury. And so uh, seeing that injury, if he can come back in 2021, is a big, big season for him. But the uh, sky is the limit for Justin Ross at Clemson. Jaden Daniels at uh, Arizona State is a fascinating guy. There are a lot of warts to his passing game, but the athleticism is ridiculous. Um, We talk about running at the quarterback position, how much of a difference maker that can be few of these guys can offer that kind of upside that Jaden Daniels can, so he's a guy who could be considered for me, but I want to bring up one guy here. Uh, I'm going to draft him because I feel it's very polarizing and I'm sure you probably are not going to like him as much as I do, but it's Matt Corral. Uh, Matt Corral I'm going off the board on because I feel like there's a lot there to work with. Now, he is not everybody's cup of tea. I get that, and there's a lot going on there with Matt Corral, but from a talent arm perspective, what he can do I mean, he's got some special abilities. It's very raw. It needs to be harnessed. It's going to need a lot of refinement moving forward. But it's a guy I really like uh, just from a pure uh, skill and trait standpoint.
1: Yeah, that was somebody that uh, I know that there's been some people that were really, really high on Matt Corral throughout the process, even when, he, even before he got his chance at Ole Miss. There were some people that really liked Corral. So you're going Matt Corral here at pick 13, huh? Yes, sir. All right, Matt Corral, quarterback. Ole Miss and, and really that high volume attack is a lot of fun. Uh they couldn't stop anybody on defense. Hopefully they improve in that regard. But funny funny fact about Matt Corral is that you know he had somehow he posted 70% completion rate, but uh threw 14 picks. Like yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I was like I was like, dude, fifteen percent of your incompletions. Or uh, interceptions.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's, there's a lot to work through with Corral, and if you watch the uh, you know play to play, you're gonna want to pull your hair out because he makes some poor decisions. He's got that gunslinger mentality again. There's a lot a lot of things to work through. I think he threw in one game alone like five interceptions at mm-hmm. one point in time. Like he just <laughs> it, he, he has that low ball in him. Um, but again. If you can find the right system, if you find the right coordinator to develop him, there's a lot there. Um, It's a very high-risk, high-reward proposition.
1: Yeah, that that may seem like a reach to some, but he has some upside in arm strength and and natural ability. He did struggle, and really, if you take out one game where he kind of struggled with his decision-making, he had a really solid, balanced year this past fall. Uh, I'm going to round out the 14th pick here in this first round of 2022 uh, prospects and go with Justin Ross, that guy that you mentioned Uh, Still recovering from, you know, he had that back issue, neck issue that came up and, uh, you know, he missed the entire year this past year. An incredible start to his career alongside T. Higgins, uh, outside perimeter guy uh, that can absolutely dominate. He was in the first round discussion for the 2021 NFL draft before everything kind of changed with his health. But he's he's back and already been practicing in a non non non-contact jersey. I think he can be healthy this year and rise up quickly in draft boards and uh, be you know more than I think he goes higher than this when it's all said and done just given that he's got he's Clemson he's going to have all the market share if he is healthy this year so to round out this first round of guys Justin Ross and I know there are some some guys that we could talk about you know like some people like Drake London out of USC wide
0: receiver some people like Eric Gray who just transferred Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply need to hire. You need indeed.
1: From Tennessee to to Oklahoma at running back. Some people still like Jerry and Ely at running back Ole Miss. Some people really love Kevin Harris uh, out of South Carolina Uh, and even JT Daniels. Like I mentioned, the quarterback for, for Georgia, uh, he could continue to rise as well. There's so many different directions we could have gone with the 2022 guys. Uh, but overall, kind of a, a weaker class that after we get past the names that I just mentioned, uh, like if one or two of these guys doesn't declare, the 2022 class is going to be kind of weakish uh, overall. But I'm still excited to see how these guys take a step forward. But before we jump into the 2023 draft and kind of do more of a lightning round with that, uh, just a word from our sponsors.
3: What's up, Road of His listeners? It's Colin Kelly here, executive producer of Road of His Radio, and one of the co-hosts of the Road of His Overtime podcast. I just wanted to drop by and say thank you, as always, for listening into another Road of His Radio production. As a loyal podcast listener, you can save yourself 10% off a RotoViz NFL pass right now at rotoviz.com forward slash podcast or by simply adding the code RVRadio2021 at checkout. That'll get you access to all of the content and tools on the RotoViz website, the best tools and content in the business for the best listeners in the business. As always, we do appreciate you listening to each and every show, and if you do, have 5, 10, 15 seconds to spare. Please drop a rating for today's show on your favorite podcast app. It is much appreciated. With all that said, thank you once again for tuning in. I hope you have a great day. Now let's get back to the show.
1: Alright, and we're back. So the 2023 class, I'm really excited about this crew. We saw a bunch of the running backs blow up, and we saw a bunch of the wide receivers blow up. We've got a couple guys that are were sitting waiting in the wings with small samples of production pat this past year at the quarterback position. Uh, I mean, it's a bunch of good players. I think it's going to be even better than the 2022 NFL draft class. So this may seem like it's way far out there, but it really is not. It's like I said, two years from now, we've got that draft going on. Uh, I'm going to kick things off. First pick again, same as the first first round here of 2022, guys. I'm going to go with DJ Uyunglele. Uh, Man, it's too early to pronounce that name correctly. DJ Uyunglele from Clemson, quarterback. Just going to step in and fill the shoes of Trevor Lawrence. He is much bigger, much stronger, and even perhaps more mobile than Trevor Lawrence. He's probably not the precise passer as much just yet. I'm not going to crown him king just yet. But in terms of 2023 overall projections, man, he's 6'4", 250, has an absolute cannon, is crazy mobile. And uh, in his first two games last year against Boston College and Notre Dame, he put up 800 yards. Uh, and so just not even blinking in his first action, an, an incredibly efficient passer already. If you take a small sample and, and compare it to the la- any of the last seasons in the past five to six years, it's already an 80th percentile plus uh, efficiency type year as a passer alone, not even including what he can do on the ground with his legs. So I really love dj oyangalale what do you think about that pick Matt?
2: yeah for me he's the 101 in that class for all the reasons you said incredibly toolsy uh the guy's got everything you look for he's got an absolute rifle uh, on his right shoulder there and um yeah. we saw it we saw it a little bit a little tease in 2020 um amazing that clemson gets uh dj following trevor lawrence so yeah, yeah. i'm right there not with not even you. fair. <laughs> it's it, you know, and, and when you compare against classes, for me, he has the highest upside of any quarterback in all of college football. Oh, yeah. That's even above Sam Howe and Spencer Rattler. It's gonna be great to see how he can develop at Clemson. But yeah, for me, just the 2023 class, he's the 101. He's it's a no-brainer.
1: Absolutely. Well, over to you. Pick two.
2: Yeah, similar to the 2022 class, I feel like these two guys are gonna be the 101 and 102 uh in 2022 we evaluated sam howe and spencer Rattler together i feel like you're here a lot of dju and bryce young at alabama you're going to hear a lot of that conversation this time last year if you had asked around the alabama program a lot of people would have said young was going to be the guy to take over for tua uh mac jones came out and was a revelation and played very very well bryce young entirely different type of player than mac jones but uh uh, you know again the Alabama pedigree he's gonna have plenty of weapons gonna have the best coaching that college football can r- provide for him yeah so 2023 now he again from a measurable standpoint if you're really big into that and you want that six foot five 230 pound quarterback you think your guy um, but the NFL is changing uh, I feel like they're accepting much more guys who are in that six foot variety so I feel like Bryce Young is going to offer that kind of capability so 102. Makes a lot of sense for me.
1: Yeah, man, Bryce Young, uh, top tier recruit. He was actually rated even higher than DJ Uyengulule according to the twenty four seven Sports composite rating. So, uh, you know, it's funny that these guys would have actually played each other uh, in in high school in the same Trinity League out in in California. Two top ten programs in St. John Bosco in modern day. Between DJU, I'm just gonna say DJU and Bryce Young, DJ you know, that just coming up through that throughout the quarterback ranks, long time top tier obvious talents. This reminds me of the Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields mix. Like these guys, like for three years now, it's like, well, yep, these guys are it. They're going pro. They're gonna be first round picks, and uh, right out of the gate, DJU kills it, and probably this year. Uh, Bryce Young is going to absolutely light it up. We've seen first-year quarterbacks light it up in Nick Saban's more pass-happy scheme in the past three attempts at this, so really excited about what Bryce Young could do. I'm going to confuse some people and uh, also sound like a homer again because I I I do root for Auburn, but I'm going to go with Tank Bigsby here at the third pick in the 2023 mix. I know a lot of people like Bijan Robinson, so do I, but I'm going to go with Tank Bigsby because... One, obviously, his name is his tank. So, <laughs> but Cartavius Tank begs me, man. He's got a feature back frame that he's growing into. He had more yards from scrimmage than any other running back in all of college football in his recruiting class this past year with 918 yards from scrimmage and then added another 300 yards as a returner just a dynamic difference making talent that by week three this was his job and so I think he's going to latch on that I mean he basically showed up and said hey DJ Williams uh yeah you can just go ahead and transfer to Florida State this is mine and uh so he's I mean he's just a, an absolute feature back um and he you know he had around a 4 forty in high school he's got some speed he's got some bursts he's got some receiving chops so Tank Bigsby Auburn is my pick here but uh, what do you think about that
2: yeah, I mean, he is uh, my 104, so I'm right there with you. Um, you. Very talented guy, very physical runner. I mean, if your name's Tank, you better be. So, uh, no, I like him a great deal. Um, you did uh, mention Bijan Robinson. He's going to be my pick here at 104. Um, just a very talented guy. For me, he's the most complete back in all of college football, regardless of class. Just uh, really like his game. He's very well-rounded. I almost chose him at 102, but I could not let you take DJU and Bryce to give off the, <laughs> the uh, two, uh, 23 class here. So, yeah, Bijan, I like him a great deal, but 104, uh, I think it's a great uh, great selection.
1: Yeah, man. Bijan Robinson uh, started slow and just because Texas is really bad at starting the best players. Uh, but down the stretch, he averaged like almost nine yards per carry and per touch overall, and so it was just absolutely Dominating down the stretch came in as the number one running back recruit in his class by consensus after Zachary Evans completely just messed up his recruiting process. So, yeah, Bijan Robinson at the 104 is, is definitely that feels like a steal, probably to some of our uh, more veteran listeners here. But I'm gonna stay with the running back position. I could go with a wide receiver or two or three because there's tons of guys to get excited about there in this class. But 105, I'm gonna go with Jameer Gibbs at running back. at. Georgia Tech, you know, top 100 recruit coming into the process. Georgia Tech had that weird restructuring of their entire offensive system with uh, Jeff Collins because they went from a triple option to, hey, we're going to try to run a normal offense. That failed miserably uh, in the first year of transition. Last year, they get Jeff Sims uh, as as a quarterback, a freshman, and he comes in. And again, that kind of fails miserably, but. Jameer Gibbs was like the only silver lining offensively leading the team in rushing yards and accounting for 15% of the team's receiving yards as well. He looks like he's a future back and he's got no competition uh, standing in his way from developing and having a huge workload for two more seasons and easily coasting into top 50 NFL draft capital. But uh, back to you. I think you're going to go wide receiver here at 106, aren't you?
2: Yeah, I mean, I would have gone Gibbs had you allowed him to slide to 106. I feel like there is a bit of a tier break there after Bijan, Gibbs, and uh, Tank. So – I'm going to go wide receiver. uh, Keyshawn Butte out of LSU. Just an absolute stud. I think he's going to be the next star out of LSU. And we've seen it again and again out of LSU producing the wide receivers here as of late. This guy is it. it, The pedigree is ridiculous. Uh, I just think he is uh, going to be off to the races in a future top 10 pick at the next level.
1: Yeah, I mean, he just continues a long line of really successful LSU wide receivers. If you look at historical data dating back to, you know, like 2000, LSU is a top three wide receiver program, you know, sending us, even recently, you know, OBJ and Jarvis Landry and, you know, Justin Jefferson. This year, Jamar Chase and Terrace Marshall. And now it's Kayshaun Boutte just over and over and over. We see these LSU wide receivers come out and and kill it. So, yeah, by the end of the year, he was clearly uh, kind of the, the leader there and uh, with Terrace Marshall departing Kayshaun Boutte is just going to be the alpha and have two more solid seasons of production uh, already accounting for a a decent chunk of that receiving offense I believe his receiving yard market share a mix of that and touchdowns it was like 22 percent of the LSU offense and posting some pretty good efficiency numbers in terms of yards per team pass attempt, which built out his uh, adjusted production index around like if he was going into the NFL right now, it would already be around the 17th percentile. And we like to see freshmen get up to around the 15th percentile or better if they're going to be on that, you know, normal production arc and progression uh, here at Rotoviz. So he's already above that threshold, checking most analytical boxes and film boxes that you want to see. And he had that five-star kind of pedigree coming out of school anyway, I'm gonna go back to the running back well, and this is gonna seem kind of weird given the fact that you know early on again he didn't take over the lead role for TCU. But Zachary Evans, I think is a, he's a Nick Chubb clone. Zachary Evans, running back TCU. I think this year he finally takes that that uh, that lead job at TCU. Uh, Gary Patterson, I don't know that, like what he's doing starting or messing around with any other running backs not named Zachary Evans because Zachary Evans he averaged like something I think it was like eight or nine yards per carry down the stretch super dominant Uh, and he really is just a difference maker as a runner and he I think he can develop as a receiver also but uh, just the the sky is the limit for Zachary Evans he was the number one running back recruit in his class for like three years and then just was like you know backed out of Georgia and just ticked off a whole bunch of programs and didn't even commit anywhere until he surprised the world when like come like April or May was like okay I guess I'll go play for TCU just a really if you want to take notes on how not to do a recruiting process just ask Zachary Evans he'll be able to help you out with that but Zachary Evans here is my pick at pick seven back to you at pick eight
2: Man, you're really turning the tables on me, man, because I, I tend to go running back heavy. But once again, I'm going to go back to wide receivers. Uh, Rakeem Jarrett out of Maryland is the guy I'm very high on. I really like him. I do wonder. We talk about LSU, Alabama, some of these farm systems at the college level, how would they develop. Guys, I wonder what type of development he's going to get at Maryland. They have not had a player like this in quite some time, but I do like the overall skill set. I think the ceiling is incredibly high. Uh, for me in this class, he's my wide receiver two behind Butte. But uh, yeah, so he, he's coming off the board here. I'll get my top two receivers and I'll keep it moving.
1: Okay, I'm gonna go a little bit, a little bit off my board here, but because I think uh, a couple guys that I like can still drop here. Uh, yeah, I like Raheem Jarrett. You know, he had that one blow up t- two touchdown game this year. I think uh, you know he had, he had five star pedigree as well coming in. Uh, for some reason, chose Maryland, but uh, hey, he he found some success and early opportunity there, so good for him. But I'm going to go with Marvin Mims, uh, wide receiver, uh, Oklahoma. I think a lot of people like his game, and he immediately from day one, even against uh, what was it, Missouri State, and they're basically a jump t- junk time game. He he was immediately the go to option from week one, uh, dethroned Charleston Rambo and was the leader in market share and any kind of metric, his balanced production profile uh, is better than any other true freshman in in the country. Better than Parker Washington, Rakeem Jarrett, Quentin Johnston, Jordan Addison, Kayshaun Boutte, any of the guys who had decent production numbers last year, he had better numbers than them all. So he's on an early track for future NFL draft capital, uh, already checking in with an adjusted production uh, index around the 30th percentile, which is kind of crazy, crazy for freshmen. But uh, I'm curious who you're going to take a pick 10.
2: I'm going to go back to the quarterback well here. and I'm going to go with CJ Stroud uh, out of Ohio State. Again, I I know he's a bit polarizing around Debbie Circle. Some people are in on him. Some people are not as much. I still like him. Um, Again, he's a tier, probably two, maybe three tiers below the DJU and Bryce Young of the world. But interested to see his development. Again, a very well thought of guy, a high pedigree. Um, C.J. Stroud, for me, is next in line for Ohio State. So at uh, 110, given that we're in a super flex format, he feels like he makes a lot of sense here.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of people want to get pumped about McCord coming in, the five-star quarterback for Ohio State. But I think it's going to be C.J. Stroud. What he brings uh, with mobility and mobility. Uh, And he's got a rocket arm and just a year removed from dominating at the Elite 11 performance. I believe he actually kind of won the quarterback of the week uh, at the Elite 11 in his quarterback class. And so I think what he can do as a passer is is really uh, kind of overlooked because Justin Fields was so, so good last year. We forget, oh, there's this up and comer that's probably also going to go to the NFL there. So I like like that pick. I'm going to go with the guy that I was hoping would fall to me at this pick. And I'm going to go with Jordan Addison wide receiver uh, pit uh, a lot of people lost him uh, last year and they didn't understand like where did this guy come from like is he has like no pedigree or something like that but the truth was Jordan Addison came in as this uh, athlete designation recruit and those guys kind of get lost in the mix sometimes because hey this guy might go defense hey this guy might be. I don't even know what he is on offense, but he came in and was just so clearly the best athlete on the team. The coaching staff was just like, hey, uh, can we just funnel like half a dozen targets or more to this true freshman kid? Like, because we need to get the ball in his hands. And so he put up almost 700 yards receiving and added some on the ground. And even even though he struggled with health a few weeks, he, he still found a way to be productive. So really nice production profile from him. Uh, as a true freshman so Jordan Addison wide receiver looks like that's wide receiver four that might seem steeped uh, for a Pitt wide receiver but he actually was like a top 150 recruit uh, by many people's standards so not like a a slouch athletically or pedigree standards so really a guy I'm going to watch continue to rise with not much competition for targets there at Pitt but back to you pick
2: 12. So I'm going to go a little bit off the board here because I feel like It's worth talking about. And I I want to talk about Eric Gilbert, a tight end, just super freak athlete. Uh, I mean, one of the highest recruited tight ends in recent memory. And it's fascinating because, I mean, unless you know something more updated than I do, Travis, uh, he's still in the transfer portal. Am I correct?
1: Yeah. So uh, he was with LSU. And for whatever reasons, uh, he decided that he was going to transfer out of LSU. And then he was like, oh, hey, I'm going to Florida. And uh, that kind of fell apart. I think he was officially a part of the program for maybe a day. <laughs> yep. And then, uh, and so he's back in the transfer portal. And I don't know whether it be off-field issues or academic restrictions or whatever it is. He's just kind of out in no man's land right now. The, the, the highest rated tight end recruit in 24-7 sports composite history ever. And, and the guy uh, had some production last year, too, for LSU. And just decides to peace out. Like I, I don't, I don't get it. I, I don't know. Like, I, hopefully he's okay, just psychologically. I maybe I don't know what's going on with his personal life that, that led to that decision. But it seems like there's just there's some behind the scenes kind of baggage going on that we just we don't understand. And so I, I wish yeah. him the best because I, 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 I hate to see any any kind of athlete uh, struggle. Um, yeah. But man, yeah. I, it's just I don't know what to think, man. I, I want to. Uh, get excited about his talent but at the same time it's just it seems like there's some major issues going on so hope hopefully he lands on his feet hopefully he gets another opportunity you know even if he has to go the juco route for a year or something if it's academic restrictions maybe he gets back in the mix uh next fall uh, as early as that but but yeah eric gilbert uh, i think a lot of people would maybe think that's that's a, a region at this point just because of the unknown but the upside man man it, it just seems crazy yeah. high and given his athletic are- traits
2: the latest I've heard is that he's back uh, in Baton Rouge, like he's in around LSU again. So I wonder if there's some yeah. kind of re- reuniting happening there. If A-B. that happens, I mean that'd be, I think, ideal for everybody involved. Uh, hopefully. Uh, yeah. So again, keep your fingers crossed. But to your point, a very talented guy. Hopefully, whatever's going on, they get it figured out.
1: Yeah, I just hope for the best for for any player like that. Just young guys, just trying to figure things out. You know. Uh, but for me, I'm going to go with uh, back to the uh, the running back. Well, here with my last pick in the first 14 picks, and this may surprise some people because uh, you know there's a couple names that uh, at running back that, that uh, people like to pump up a little bit more, uh, and and people are going to say, oh, you're just chasing you know the ghost of Jonathan Taylor, uh, but J- J- but Jalen Berger. Uh, out of uh, Wisconsin uh, he didn't have the the pedigree just like Jonathan Taylor actually didn't have the pedigree when he came in to college but uh, Jalen Berger actually was basically the best back last year for Wisconsin right out of the gate he was the most efficient runner uh, given his uh, limited touches there and a bunch of his competition is gone the uh, only other kind of significant veteran there was uh, Garrett Groshek and and he's gone uh, now and obviously they have a few other names uh, to keep in mind there uh, that might share some carries, but I think he's in for an absolute feature, uh, feature workload. And uh, with Graham Mertz, uh, one of the better quarterbacks that they've ever really had there at Wisconsin, uh, you know he's he actually came on strong in his first uh, debut game. Uh, they, they they actually, as a program, kind of struggled with with COVID and and uh, some health issues down the stretch but man Jalen Berger Wisconsin man they're going to feed him they always have a really solid offensive line they're going to have a a solid quarterback to keep some emptier boxes maybe for perhaps for once for a Wisconsin running back so I really am looking forward to see him develop and he's he's easily to me going to have a 1200 yard plus kind of season uh, as a sophomore Uh, but to round things out pick 14 who you got here at uh, the 14th pick for the 2023 guys
2: so, the reason why I chose Eric Gilbert around ago, because I wanted to have a free spot here to talk about another player. If I'm actually doing a draft with you, Travis, if in all reality, I'm probably drafting like a Jace McClellan or a Kendall Milton. I'm getting another running back here. There's a lot of talented guys. Julian Fleming still out there. Jackson Smith, the Jigba. A lot of guys we had not spoken about. For me, it's Michael Mayer out of Notre Dame. I want to bring this up again because of how talented. These two guys are a tight end position and we don't normally get this. You don't get these high end tight end prospects all the time. So uh, I just want to bring them up to everybody and, and speak on it because we have Kyle Pitts this year in 2021 and he is everything everybody could possibly imagine. <laughs> no doubt about it, Yeah. but we don't, we don't get these guys every year. And the 2022 class, you got Jeremy Rucker and guys like that. And they're okay players, but they're nowhere near, and Eric Gilbert or Michael Mayer for me, I think these two guys are uh, similar to like the, the Brevin Jordan and Pat Fryer move types where they're going to be top 20, 25 type prospects at the tight end position. So Michael Mayer uh, tight end it, for me is the last pick in round number one
1: yeah you know it's funny tight ends are not very sexy especially in devvy leagues and and projecting future nfl success can be kind of iffy at the tight end position but if you're going to do it find yourself a five-star tight end who shows up in his first season and catches 42 balls uh, for notre dame like notre dame's thing is like hey let's recruit these amazing tight ends and just asking them to block and do literally nothing for 4 years and then and th- then when they're like about to grad transfer go oh crap um yeah here's 30 receptions go get drafted in the 5th round and like that's that's been their their calling card they're like they just waste top tier talent over and over and over but not so with Michael Mayer he was another borderline five star uh, top tier top tier four star by all the recruiting services and so he's got the, the pedigree, the athleticism, the requisite NFL size, and already just cleaned it up And as far as his analytical production profile and as a true freshman tight end. And if you look at tight end production in college, like every single year, there, there's like single-digit tight ends that even have more than 400 or 500 receiving yards. And he's showing up as a true freshman and doing it in just 12 games uh, for Notre Dame. Uh, having 450 receiving yards in his first year. Uh, looks like a difference maker at the position. So I'm glad you went that direction. I know there's probably some people listening though that maybe 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 even some Alabama fans are like what are you doing go with so and so running back. Uh but yeah. you know, Jace McClellan. Uh but Jace McClellan I think right now is a perfect time to fade Jace McClellan. Uh, he's in he, 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 he mid-spring practices. You got Brian Robinson taking the lead jace mcclellan mixing in a, a couple reps with the ones but he's like cl- clearly the second guy in line and then after that they've got keelan robinson uh, who actually missed last year because their five-star new shiny toy that is not there just yet and kamar wheaton and trey sanders is re- still recovering and rehabbing from his car accident that he had later in the year but the truth is trey sanders opened last season as the dude after Najee. He he had a rough first outing but after that he was clearly the, the second most efficient back after his kind of rough first game. And Jason McClellan had a, a, a good brief window of production, but it's clearly going to be Brian Robinson's backfield this year in his fifth year for Alabama. And then you got to fight off Kamar Wheaton, who objectively uh, is, is the highest re- recruit of the bunch, not named Trey Sanders. And Trey Sanders was even rated higher. Uh, he was the running back one in his class. Like, it's just... There's a lot of top-tier competition that Jace is going to have to fight through. Uh, And then there's going to be a new face next year. It just always is the case. Alabama always brings in a fresh five-star next year. I mean, they're looking at a guy named Emmanuel Henderson that could join the the fold next year. It's just an absolute uh, kind of committee right now. So if you're going to move off of Jace McClellan, uh, I still see him ranked in like the second, third, fourth round. And and Debbie drafts overall. Uh, that's an egregious reach given the uh, play. If you want to actually play the percentages and, and understand that that is a committee and he's maybe never going to have that job uh, for Alabama. So I'm glad that name came up. Uh, but what are your thoughts on Jace before we sign off here?
2: I mean, you framed it beautifully. I mean, a very talented guy, but with so many talented guys in Alabama, it's hard to know who's going to play. I, I go back to when Josh Jacobs was there and how sparingly Josh Jacobs is used at Alabama. And then he goes round one in the NFL draft. He's a very talented, versatile player. So, I mean, you really cannot tell how Alabama is going to deploy these guys. I think he's a very talented guy. Again, if I'm in the actual draft and I'm in a league, I'd probably take him into round number one, just given the upside and the, the possible production there. But again, a very talented class and kind of a, an interesting class is talent on all four levels. When you include the tight ends, you got a talented wide receiver crew, good backs, and B. John Robinson, and Tank Bigsby, and the like. And then, again, back to DJU and Bryce Young, having two guys at the very top tier is always exciting. And the exciting thing about Debbie for me, this time last year, we're not even mentioning the name Zach Wilson. He's not even in the conversation. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're not even mentioning uh, Javante Williams out of North Carolina. We're, we're mentioning it very sparingly. Um, two years ago, we're not mentioning Joe Burrow or Clyde Waitraire. Like the, these guys, constantly emerge once the season gets going, and then it expands your player pool in Devi. So yeah, it's always exciting. Um, if I may give a quick plug for Devi, if you've never tried it, give it a try, man. It can open your eyes. I feel like Devi is on that trajectory that Dynasty used to be. Dynasty used to be that little secret. Everybody plays fantasy football by playing a Dynasty league. Oh, what's what's Dynasty? What is that? Now dynasty is the joint. Everybody loves dynasty, but Debbie is trending that direction. If you haven't tried it, highly, highly, highly recommend giving it a shot.
1: Absolutely, uh, one of my favorite formats, and there will be some other names that that join uh, these ranks here soon. But just it was this was a fun exercise. So thanks for participating with me again, Matt. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at Matt McCoy NFL. Follow his work at Fantasy Team Advice, Ball Blast Football. Uh, I mean, he he just does. I mean, how many shows have you done in, like the last? year i feel like like 200 300 show like you're no, always the
2: honest honest to god's truth and I, i'm almost ashamed to admit this we we've run through i think like 230 episodes in like 160 days so that gives you an idea <laughs> of the volume yeah podcast we've we turned the page now we're, we're on the season two fta podcast i got steffi small scott simpson uh victoria got a lot of new co-hosts for me moving forward uh take some of the the uh, weight off my shoulders but I'm, I'm excited man we're taking it to the next level and i'm excited to do so and a uh, big thank you out there to fancy team advice for giving a uh, wet behind the ears kid a shot yeah on- man uh, Tyson. So, have a yeah. blast doing it
1: well it's been great uh, and i know you're super knowledgeable i always enjoy talking ball with you uh, but listeners definitely check out his work and please do leave a rate and review helps this show wherever you do listen uh, please reach out to me at Twitter um, uh, on uh, well, on Twitter at FF underscore Travis M. And if you're on Clubhouse, I'm on there. I'm uh, going to be doing some college football talk and NFL stuff on there as well. Uh, but man, I can't believe it's seriously less than a month, I guess, till draft night, and it's already here. But listeners, man, I look forward to more rookie talk here, here soon in the very near future. And I look forward to you all joining me again here soon for many more episodes of the College to In podcast.